Join the Jones family with their grown children as they sit around the table to share their passion for marriage, family, and boundaries while providing inspiration, practical tips, and insight into a simple life that glorifies God. Whether you're a Christian or not, there will be takeaways to heat up your marriage, train up your children, and navigate this culture with more wisdom and perspective. Well, welcome back to episode three, three of season four. Four. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, because I did not know. Um, today we are talking about one of many obstacles to a red-hot marriage, which is lack of preparation. And we've started this little um, marriage. Kind of like our podcast. Yeah, exactly. But we actually prepare for this one, which is very rare. It felt really weird to actually write notes. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. So what? So that was a great Hopi, I thought you were going to ask pad. us questions. Are you looking at the doc? The the doc? Okay, she can't see the doc. I'm, All right. I'm not married. I feel like I I'm I'm like I'm contributing, yes, but I'm also taking it in. Oh, okay. I'm listening. Oh, you're our I'm audience. I'm learning. Okay. So I'm a live first, audience. The first question that we asked on here is, what should married couples be preparing for? You want me to take that? Sure. Okay. Sure. So married couples should be preparing for intentional time doing the following. Talking and connecting. Dating and creating memories. Affection and sexual activity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jake always makes that part awkward. <laughs> Getting to know each other regardless of how long they've been married. And projects serving and house projects. And those are different. So projects that are not needing to be done, but you want to do together. And then, of course, house projects if you own a home. Or like or regular projects would be like art projects or like a little fun yeah, thing you want to build together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then house projects. <coughs> and then... Who wants to take the second one? I'll so take the second one. We're just going through the points. Yeah. Um, another thing married couples should be preparing for is the future. So that would be having conversations about money, investments, purchases, budget, etc. That's um, family, um, like how you're going to prepare for parenting, holidays, next season, just like things that are coming up, like your general like calendaring stuff, but calendaring as far as like tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, and life. Right. Um, <laughs> Ex- et dot, cetera, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, and then vacations, time with others, etc. So, you also prepare with marriage protection, setting boundaries, accountability measures, counseling, therapy, removing risk factors, check-in questions, couples devo, and prayer. And also spiritual formation, setting priorities and non-negotiables, church, prayer, serving, tithing, and teaching the children, if you have children or the dogs, the dogs, (laughs) discipleship. Right. So there's a lot that a married couple has to prepare for. It's a lot to talk about. It's a lot of intentionality. And if you think about it, I would go out on a limb and say that most couples are not preparing for really anything probably more reacting yeah things yeah I mean I definitely think um like that's one thing we talked about when we were preparing that was the first thing we talked about when we were preparing for this um, episode is that like the main way that that like comes out in a marriage like the lack of preparation 
is that everything's a reaction nothing is like a thoughtful preparation Mm -hmm. and when it's a reaction it's stressful it's getting into fights because you didn't talk about something beforehand it's like it's like if you just picture a person doing anything that they're not prepared for and they're just reacting to it and it's just like ah ah like things are coming at me i don't know what to do right instead of like talking about it ahead of time which doesn't take i mean it takes a lot of time when you talk when you're talking about all these different things but it's just like a little conversation here a little one there a little time here a little time there just being really intentional and we've talked about intentionality before and how important that that is and especially in a marriage when you're pulling two people together to create one family and you've got responsibilities and you're also coming into the marriage with expectations and sometimes those expectations are coming from your your family and how they did things and so you're not going to do things the same way that your family did. They're in good, bad, or indifferent. You're going to have your own rhythms. You're going to have your own priorities. Um, and they may not look exactly like your parents or your friends. And so those conversations are actually, I have found them to be really fun. Um, I know that when we were dating, we would, you know, we would watch our parents, um, Bosets, our grandparents. We would watch other couples. And, and just take some things that we really loved and kind of created our own rhythms. I don't even know if we even knew to call no knew to call it that. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think we ever called it rhythms back then. No. But I think that, um, to your point, I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, but being able to have the conversations early on, but also having those revisits throughout your your marriage Mm -hmm. where you're talking about things not in a um, accusatory or negative sense but taking things from your parents or my parents that you really appreciated and the things that you maybe wanted to do different um, and you can see that from both parties like you know I may see things in in Stacy's family that I really thought was awesome and I wanted to make sure we have that in our family but there may be ways that her family did things the same way that she may see things in my family when we got married that we just did not want to carry on in ours. And well, well, I think it was, it was not that we want, didn't want to carry it on. I think there was also the aspect that we didn't really know how they handled some of these topics. Right. So if you think about it, like, you know, were my parents or your parents on the same page with finances Right. to this day? I mean, we could ask them this weekend, but we really don't know. Yeah. Not to mention like, where you are in your family is never going to be the same where your parents are in their current family. So like you only know, like for us, for example, like we only know you guys while you have adult kids and what right. I remember from growing up, we're not comparing like what we do now to what you guys do now. Right. right. And we didn't know you when you were our age cause you didn't have us. You didn't have me. And I obviously didn't know Jake. <laughs> so like, <laughs> and same with like Jake's parents. It's like, we're seeing where they are as grandparents. So our mm-hmm. lives are not going to look the same as theirs. Mm-hmm. We're not going to base what we do off with the decisions they make. So it's like you have to, your life is going to look different than your family, but it's also going to look different because you're just in a different stage of life. And mm-hmm. same with people around you. They don't, you don't all have the same kids. You don't have the same pets. You don't have the same kind of house. Like there's so many variables as to what is so specific or the to same your amount home. of money. Right. Or resources. I would say that most of our growth in these areas, just as I look over this list again, that most of our growth happened in the last 10 years. 
I mean, we had we've had more conversations about these topics. Yeah. Yeah, same for us. Oh, really? In the last <laughs> yeah, ten the years? Last ten years for sure. Yeah. Definitely the last three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing is I'm I'm looking at the list and some of the things that we were talking about beforehand, but you know, keeping in mind that what we're talking about tonight is the the steps to have a red hot marriage. So there are going to be people out there who have what they would deem as a good marriage and maybe don't participate in some of the things that we're talking about here. And if you're satisfied with a good marriage, then that's a choice that you're making with your spouse. But I think it's important to, even if you think your marriage is good, to maybe take a few of these topics and breach them with the other party so that you guys can see if maybe there's some interest in going a different direction. Um, I, I will say, though, that as you approach this stuff, so whoever may hear something in the list, just know that your spouse, if they're not listening to it, you want to make sure that they're all on the same page, that you're both on the same page when you start to go through these things. Because I can tell tell you from back when early in our marriage if Stacy would have come home and said hey I was listening to a podcast about how to make our marriage red hot and these are some things we should be doing there, there was probably a part of me back then that would be like oh so you don't like our marriage right no th- I think that that's probably things that that's realistic for us yeah, I yeah, mean, because I would even compare ourselves. Even that's wrong, but I think I would see great things in other marriages and go, "Well, why don't we do that?" I th- I think one um, thing that like if you're listening to this and like your spouse is not like on board or you're you're kind of more motivated to like put some things into your marriage than they are, it's kind of like more doing it without saying it. Like it's not going, "Okay, well, I listen to this podcast and here's what I think we need to do because I don't think I'm content in our marriage." It's mm-hmm. not that. It's just going, hey, so let's have a conversation about, like, like our upcoming plans. Or, like, could you sit down and look at the calendar with me? Like, we just need to, like, have some things prepared. Or, like, when can we go on a date night? Like, mm-hmm. would you be able to go on a date night on Thursday? So it's just, like, it's it's not necessarily just, like, asking, like, we need to do this. We have to, like, do this because right. this is all it ha- can right. take to, like, make it work. It's just doing it. I think, too, when when mommy and I were looking through this and heavily preparing for this podcast, or we were heavily doing something, I don't know what it was, but, um, it, it's the, the thing that Shannon said one time about be the spouse you want to marry. So when I see some of these things in here, when you want to talk about things like, I don't know, um, creating memories and dating and stuff like that. So if you're in a marriage and you don't necessarily think that your spouse is one that's going to want to be creative or maybe you guys don't go on dates on a regular basis, if you're a woman and you're in that situation, your husband's not initiating those things, go ahead and initiate them, make them happen. Uh, Encourage him by inviting him, set up some things if, you know, in my head, I think about marriages that are okay. And if the wife can't, and I'm going to date myself a little bit, but if the wife came to the husband and said, Hey, I'd love to go out on Thursday night. We're going to go do some painter pottery. <laughs> right. Right. 
the I'd husband. Love to do that. I want to do that so badly. I know, but like uh, some husbands may look at that and go, I'm not going to go paint any bowls. You know? Um, but I think you can work them into it. Like you can say, hey, honey, I really love to paint bowls, pottery. Right, like it turns me on to paint a bowl. Yeah. You, so there's something ghost? in it for you too. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or paint a bowl and then fill it with ice cream. There you go. There's that option. <laughs> but you have to wait like, what, at least 48 hours to get yeah, it. Yeah, it'll probably Fired before the ice cream happens. <laughs> but motivation. <laughs> exactly. One thing, um, like off of kind of what, what Daddy was saying, is that like a lack of preparation leads to a lack of time and a lack of time leads to a lack of creativity because there's no way like i was thinking about this when we were planning like there's literally no way you can be creative if you don't take if you don't have extra time if you don't give yourself extra time because you think about like like a holiday like i remember working at penelope the jewelry store and there's nothing more busy than like the day before or the sometimes the day of if it was a holiday we were open like mother's day valentine's day christmas because people wait till the very last minute walk in and they're like give me the best piece of jewelry you got i don't know what i need but i've got to go to five other places because i'm not prepared and it's like you didn't put any thought into this some lady at the jewelry store picked it out for your wife Mm -hmm. and so like you think about like that and what it looks like when you actually do take time to repair like anytime that we get ready to go on like a trip or have like a a date night we're like okay let's do something different or there's a holiday that comes up like we always try to take intentional time to like think about ideas and especially me being at home and like I have more time to think and so I like to like make lists of like different places we can go or like make how to make our Valentine's Day at home special like it's there's so many different things you can you can do but you have to like plan out the time to do it mm-hmm. so I, I think it'd be interesting and Hannah I'll ask you and, and Madre because you guys are really good question thinkers when you go up to the beginning, when you were talking about intentional time, doing the following, one of the things you said in there is getting to know each other, regardless of how long we've been married. Like what are some of the things that you guys feel a wife could do or a husband could do? Let's say a wife, a wife could do to initiate those type of conversations with her husband. I mean, the one thing that we love doing in our house is like questions We've been doing this since we were dating, but we continue to do it every week. And it's just like, like buy a question set, look up on Google, like a hundred questions to ask, like deeper questions to get to know somebody like, and you'd be surprised how many you don't know about your spouse, even if you've been married to them for 50 years. Um, I mean that, that to me, like I love, I love answering questions about myself because anybody likes to talk about themselves, but like, it's especially nice when the person that you love the most asks you those questions and wants to hear the answer. Yeah, so what I was trying to do when you asked that, because I was not prepared for you to ask that, is I had found something on Pinterest that was basically a check-in. Yeah. And it was like a weekly or monthly or however often that you feel it was necessary. Check-in time where it was questions that could change on a weekly or monthly basis. So... Um, if I remember right, it's, you know, what's filling up your headspace these days? Mm-hmm. Um, how have you felt loved by me the most in the last week mm-hmm. or month? Um, you know, how is, how is work going? Right. How, how do you think our marriage is growing? 
Um, you yeah, know, you did that with me. Yeah. A couple weekends? No, A couple weekend weeks ago. ago. I loved that. Oh, I did too because I told you I had always wanted to do that. I felt like instead of us reacting to a problem, let's check in with each other and just see how our marriage is doing and take a temperature check. Mm-hmm. And that way we can head off any issues that might be arising because maybe you haven't felt loved by me. Right. Or maybe, you know, that what's in your headspace you haven't shared with me and this is giving you an opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And the goal being that when the when the questions start, mm-hmm. it's with the intentionality of really understanding what's going on with the other person and then after that's all done that your marriage has gotten better. Oh yeah, it's a right. d- definitely a better minute of your marriage. You don't want everybody like fighting after those questions. Like you don't want to ask the question of, "Hey, what is something I've done lately that you know that's bothered you?" And then they say, "You did this." Well, yeah, and the and time to bring divorce, it's yeah. not the time to bring that up when you know things are already brewing. Right. It's when things are good that you want to keep them good. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a confrontation. But it's also a good time. Sometimes asking, sometimes asking the questions and the questions that, or the ones that you're talking about, could be the allo- allocated time to bring something up. Right, it could provide right. an opportunity. And almost every single time, it won't end in a fight because of the context in which you're bringing it up in. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, like out of hundreds of days now of us doing some sort of like question asking, it might have only ended in tears like one or two times. I honestly can't even remember the time that it had. Maybe like once. No, definitely once. Maybe once, yeah. And sometimes this was Jake crying. Yeah, okay. it's always Jake crying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the times. Yeah. yeah, one of the times I think was you. One of the times was me, and then a couple of times I've had like happy tears. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> more than one of the times. Yeah, a lot more than one. One thing that I know that we kind of whipped through a lot of those topics pretty quickly but the one about marriage protection i know we've mm-hmm. talked and and maybe you can find that episode it's from definitely from season one season one talking about protection of marriage but i wanted to list those out again but if you could find the episode and then do either a link to it or say episode this okay. yeah um the the marriage protection we said taking time to talk about setting boundaries, preparing for that, knowing what the expectation is, accountability measures. So accountability measures would especially be important if there's something that the couple is working on or the person is working on. And, you know, we talk, the church talks a lot about accountability partners, but the truth is most accountability situations, these topics are not going to come up. Right. I mean, the biggest accountability partner you ever have is your spouse. Is your spouse. And so you're, even though your spouse is not your Holy Spirit and you're not your spouse's Holy Spirit, you are one flesh with that person. And so you're the one that's going to know that something is wrong. And so it's it's better to nip it in the bud rather than letting it grow and gain energy and steam. And then before you know it, it's been months and months and months and no one's asked that person how they're doing with this struggle and i would say if your spouse is not your greatest accountability partner then one of one of you two is hiding something whether it's bad or Mm -hmm. like serious like that's what i'm just throwing that out there and then of course the the counseling and the therapy um if that is something that is needed and we we talked a little bit about that last episode um 
you know, if your if your spouse is needing therapy to get health, um, to be more healthful, and they've stopped therapy, um, once again, going back to that accountability and knowing that, um, you know, and also asking questions. So if, if both spouses or both partners are, are seeking therapy, that there should be times that there's some sharing. Um, and it, and it, it may not be a lot of sharing. Maybe that person's not ready to share. But there should be times of sharing or times of checking in because if I was going to therapy and Jeff wasn't asking me, how is it going and asking me point, I could just say, it's good. But I, what I really want to know is does he want to connect with me on that level because there could be things I need to talk about that he's involved in and I'm not going to want to confront him in that, in that way. So if he were to ask me pointed questions like, um, you know, what was the most helpful thing that the therapist said today? Or um, is there anything I can do to help you reach health? Uh, is there anything I've done in the past that has brought you pain? And, and, and honestly, like, biblically speaking, if you hung out in God's word enough and you had these conversations, you probably would need the therapist less because you would feel safe with your partner. But a lot of times we don't, we don't feel safe you know, exposing so much vulnerability with our spouses. And that's the truth. And, and um, you know, I don't want to harp on this topic, but I think a good combination of therapy slash counseling and um, trying to be more vulnerable with your spouse and, and your spouse accepting that and, and jumping in with you. Yeah, and that's part of, like, the preparation thing is not waiting until you're unhealthy to go get some sort of help. Like, one of the things we um, put down about, like, how do you overcome this issue is, like, one of them, for sure, is, like, prioritizing your health and your spiritual well-being. And so, like, that means that you need to take time every day to, like, spend with God or, like, in a quiet time, like, of some sort. Like, whether that's journaling, reading your Bible, like, listening to worship music and just, like, thinking, like, something that gives you time because like it doesn't matter who you are you need that and so like there's that and then there's like getting enough sleep getting physical activity like I saw this post today that said um it was from a doctor that I follow and he said if you're feeling depressed go for a walk if you get if you're still feeling depressed after the walk go for another one and so like basically saying that like just like moving your body does so much for your health so if you're not like prioritizing that then you're not going to be healthy and you're and you're not being proactive. And then like aside from that, like asking your spouse, like when we're talking about like having conversations with your spouse about like what they're talking about in therapy or if if they need to go to therapy or anything like that, like just asking your spouse what they need from you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people don't realize they're unhealthy until something blows up in the marriage and then they realize I'm doing this because of something else and I can't put my finger on it. Like this doesn't seem right. I, I'm responding this way to my spouse and others. And then that's what triggers. Maybe I need to do something about this. Yeah. And I also heard on a podcast recently, like how to know that you're unhealthy or that you're not doing well, or that you need something else in your life is to like write down like, okay, like if Hannah like I'm Hannah and if my if Hi, me Hannah. at Hi, my Hannah. best 
like how would I describe that? Like what would be the adjectives that describe it? What would be the verbs that I do when I'm at my best? And like compare where you are now to that because you know when that is. You can point out moments when like you're at your best, when you feel your best, you look your best, you're doing your best, you're motivated, all those things. So like where are you now in comparison to where you could be, mm-hmm. where you have been? And that's how you know like okay, sometimes it's circumstantial where you're like okay, this is a circumstance that we're going through and I can't do anything about it. But yet I can respond to it differently. I can prepare for my like mentally and spiritually for it differently. So there's always like something. But also knowing that most marriages are 50% or isn't it more now and in divorce? Yes. Why would you not do something proactive? Proactive. Mm-hmm. Because it you're not just like winning the lottery, you're not you're not the special one. Like, mm, I mean, some it's good. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you could be, you could fall on either side of you're that. You're not going to wing it for 50 years. And the people that do shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there any other ways you guys think about overcoming it that you want to touch on? Well, there, I know there, w- we had made a list of what does it look like to be unprepared and, you know, it's reacting to your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, just filling up your calendar i would just say about the filling up your calendar with no time for marriage investment like i've seen it firsthand from other opportunities of life and that doesn't just mean you think you always have something going on because there are times and weeks where there are things going on and then you exhaust yourself to where you finally have time downtime but instead of taking that downtime and investing in your marriage, you're choosing to invest in yourself because you've been exhausting yourself. So that's what it, like that's what Hannah was trying to touch on about calendaring and planning your, your yeah. time out. I also think that there's there's going to be situations out there where people look at their calendar and then their minds are going, everything on my calendar is something good. Like it, it's things that are good for me to be doing we're right go- that we're are going fun. to church four times a week right yeah we, we, we're in church four times a week i'm leading two men's studies um you know i'm serving on in the church choir i'm doing all these things that are quote unquote look really good but there's never a spot on my calendar for a date night with my wife or you know, a, a investment of time. Or how about nothing house. planned? Yeah. How about absolutely a time of, a time of nothing planned? La. Yes. A pause. A pause. Exactly. And yeah. we see that a lot. I mean, we, we hear about that stuff a lot where people allow themselves, because you, you work, say, with so a lot of people in the ministry world that just get overwhelmed with ministry work and th- they're not investing the time where they really need to make that a priority. So... I just uh, I hear it and I see it where well women women have a a bad habit of needing to be needed mm-hmm. and that what they don't realize is that their husband needs them more need is that am I saying that right your your husband needs you more than anyone I need you babe I need you too babe yeah. um one thing I was also gonna say too that I we had put down on this list is like always have something that you're working together on. 
like sometimes that might be like a book that you're reading together or a, a project you're completing a house project or a regular project that we talked about earlier like having something that you're like working towards as a couple or maybe it's like a business you're starting or a like thing you're doing together that's like this is like our passion or you're like you're making instagram reels or tiktoks or something that you do together <laughs> like something that like you do together that's like an ongoing project or ongoing thing because what we have found is that like when you've got that thing then like when there's a downtime you're not just like hmm what are we gonna do let me just turn on the tv you're like no we've got a book we want to read like we're gonna write this book down on our list of books that have been read this year so let's get to work reading it Mm -hmm. or like i don't know random things that we've done over time like right now like we mentioned the adventure challenge last time like we've got that thing going and we're not going to just drop it and so like it's something to like work on and work towards. It gives you like just some sort of motivation. I also know that you can have projects that you're working on together um, that you don't want that to be the only thing you ever talk about. Right, yeah. You know. But sometimes it gives you an opportunity to talk about the other things when you actually like do things together. So. Yeah, it's keeping in mind like I remember when we re- remodeled the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> right right i mean yes i, I had I'm to i had to have a um a small confrontation and yep. i i had a boundary and i said i don't want to talk about the kitchen anymore like the it got to be i know there was a lot of decisions to be made but it it became the only thing we talked about on an ongoing basis and it was the only thing that my husband was asking me questions about and wanting to make decisions on and I just got so tired of it and so I made that clear and he I you got it yeah yeah I mean I I look stupid but no you don't but I think too in that same context it was if you look at that scenario like you and I talked about this where I was pretty much the project manager over getting that thing done very frustrating and doing a lot of the physical labor of getting it remodeled and I know, I knew that Stacy did not want it to be in disarray for a year. So, in in. So you got in eleven months. Yeah, I did. We got in right under, and it's still not really completely one hundred percent done. But that's but that's not you. We're gonna no. let somebody else finish yeah. that. But the point being that you know, from my side of it, I was bringing up those conversations a lot because I wanted to get it done so that she didn't have to be stressed about it. I'd rather so I take a year and a half and us stay connected on other no, I know. topics. That's yeah. why I'm bringing it up. Because on my side of it, I was looking at it from one perspective. Right. And then when she brought to me the other side of it, I wasn't thinking about that. So Because as men, we get waffle hold into the yeah, one we, thing. We, we, we're like, syrups. oh, yeah. this, is how stuck in the this is how I'm <laughs> showing her love. So yep. let me just keep going this way. And then meanwhile, she's over there like, why is he not asking me this? Why is he not doing this? Right. Why is he only ever talking about this? That was like, that was on my last plate of spaghetti. Like I'm on a different. <laughs> girl brain. Yeah. Girl I like that spaghetti. the waffle holing and I'm picturing like the syrup and the little square. Yeah, that's what ha- that's what happens sometimes. You got to get them out of like they get all all the little waffle holes in a man's brain, and there's a lot of syrup in there, especially in Jake's waffle. But. Yeah, you, you, they just get a little stuck, so you just got to pull them out of that. Yeah. Any other last comments? Hopey, any questions? Hungry. 
You want a waffle? I know. I know. I started hearing waffles. I was like, man, I work for dessert. Um, no, no questions. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Saturday Morning Crew.